Welcome to the Celtic Way podcast, where we look to bring a fresh vision of spiritual life by nurturing a vibrant, evolving, and sustainable life with God in nature. Celtic spirituality is an ancient tradition of seeing God in everyone and in everything. Welcome everyone to the Celtic Way podcast. And I don't know if you noticed, Scott, but the Christmas season happens to be upon us. <laughs> Here, Here we is. are. Here we are. Yeah. As we're recording this episode, Christmas is, I think, about two and a half weeks out. And I haven't even so much as thought about any Christmas shopping or any. It's, it's sneaking up on me this year more than it ever has. <laughs> I hear you. In fact, it didn't just sneak up on me. It was presented to me. I usually get up before my wife does, but I walk downstairs and our and my sister-in-law is staying with us now. Her name is Jill. And they were already sitting around the coffee table having coffee. And, and Chris is writing and she looked up at me and she goes, I'm almost ready for you. And I'm like, and I'm half asleep. Like, I'm like, ready for me for what? And she says, I have your list of to-dos and to oh, buy and places that we're going to be together in the evening. And I was like, <laughs> oh, God. Okay, we're just, off and running. You just hand off your schedule to your wife for Christmas. So yeah. you get all to all of the festivities that are required of you. I have a real, I don't know how to say it. I have this real love-hate relationship with Christmas, I think. Right. It's, it's some parts of it I love and look forward to it. And then there's a lot of it that I... There's The only word I can think of is there's a lot of it that I despise that makes my skin <laughs> <Yeah>. crawl. <laughs> Christmas ought to come with a glass of water and a bottle of Advil, I think, you know? It's yes, like, and a bottle of wine. Yeah. But, you know, and it's so weird, isn't it? I mean, it's Christmas. And then here we are. You know, good, bad, ugly. Yeah, it's all there. I found a, an idea that maybe you'd want to try with me because I don't know if when you were young, you did the advent calendar. That was a part of my upbringing. Well, I was out at the store the other day and I saw a new version of the advent calendar and it was a wine advent calendar. So each day you got to a new bottle of wine, which felt more appropriate <laughs> than a piece <laughs> of chocolate. <laughs> Okay, I'm writing that down. <laughs> we may be halfway through Advent, but that's I a bet good, you could catch up. I bet good, you could catch uh, yeah. up. <laughs> I know it was it was not even Thanksgiving yet, and for whatever reason, for whatever crazy reason, I had to go out to the mall. It was probably something to do with my children, yeah. and. I couldn't even find a parking spot at our mall. And that was about a week or two before even Thanksgiving. And that was the first time I was, you know, really hit in the face that, oh, here we are. Yeah. Here we are. The consumerism of Christmas is, is on its way for sure. We went into a store two days after Halloween and people were putting up stuff already. And I was like, no, this is, there's got to be a law against this. You know, this is, cannot be. I think there should be a law. There should be a rule of when any store can put up their first Christmas anything. And it should be after Thanksgiving, I think. Let us experience Thanksgiving before we have to experience Christmas. Please. You know, and like I said, good things. Like we have a large family, we have a tribe, you know? And so we gather and I love every person in our family because we pull up to our oldest daughter's house. She has the biggest house. And I sit in the car for a moment and I'm like, Scott, check your expectations, right? 
Yeah. Get in touch with what's going on inside of you, you know, and I walk up to the door and I feel pretty prepared. And all of a sudden I, I open it up. Everybody's there and everybody's falling into their roles. You know, mm-hmm. this is my role in the family. You know, and I just want to just hug them and just say, be you. Everybody falls into their place, into their roles. And we, honest to God, we always have a good Christmas with each other. But by the time I go home, I'm tired. I am spent. You know, ho, ho, ho is down the chimney and the presents are done. And I just want to go and say, when does the holiday vacation start? That's right. We all need a vacation from our holiday. I think I always try to take an entire week off after Christmas because leading up to Christmas just seems like mass chaos. And then when you get to Christmas and the gifts are open and the family's gone, then you can actually breathe for the first time, which is nice. And you and I, obviously we both worked in churches for a number of years. And so I have a little bit of PTSD with Christmas because of the amount of work that had to do with Christmas, Christmas and Easter were just so much. I remember one year in particular, we did a number of, I think we did six services on Christmas Eve. It was this really big Presbyterian church. The last one was a midnight service. And because of the busyness of it, we hadn't gotten an opportunity to wrap our kids' gifts. Our kids at the time were young toddlers. So we were, my wife, Susie and I were wrapping Christmas gifts at two in the morning on Christmas morning. And of course our kids were little, so they got up at probably five, five thirty in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We laugh about it. And sadly, I think in a lot, a lot of pastors and their families, I know same story, but like you mentioned, there's so much that's good about it. And I remember growing up and I grew up in the Catholic church and midnight mass and dad singing in the choir. I loved all of that. And so, you know, I I don't want to become that human being that is like the Grinch that just always has negative things to say about Christmas because I do, I do really love it. And speaking of my children, I tried to recreate that when they were, again, when they were younger and take them to midnight mass, they thought it was the most horrible idea that I've ever had in my entire (laughs) life. They hated every moment of it. (laughs) Like dad, what does this have to do with Christmas? Come on. Yes. I think I had to carry them out of there because they were laying (laughs) on the pew, just half asleep and angry. Yeah, I want to go. <laughs> yeah. And then I have this kind of tension within me too. Well, it's a cultural holiday. Well, it's a religious holiday. And where's my spirituality? And oh, it's, you know, I've got to make another trip to the store. And yeah, you know, and I feel that inside of me sometimes. I, I was asking myself the other day, what has my Celtic spirituality brought to this whole Christmas cultural and religious experience? It's a good aid. It's a good companion to have through this. And I like it because in some ways, the contemplative aspect of the Celtic spirit never leaves me. And every once in a while, Chris will say, when are we starting our day? What are we doing this morning? And I say, we're going to start our day after we do contemplation and we do Lexio. Or after I do my prayer time in Lexio, (laughs) and I'll catch up with you someplace down the road. And winter calls us to the same rhythm, too, is to slow down and reflect, right? I'm really trying to take my my rhythmic process from the seasons. When we were driving home, it was about 6.30, and it felt to me like it should be time to go to bed, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And And I said to Chris, we've got to intentionally slow down here. And get in touch because all the other seasons of the year we're embracing. Christmas comes, 
and talk about a holy night, but somehow it's it can slip right through our fingers, you know. So we've had good conversations and practices around that. And the gift for me was the other day. So here I am. We had this COVID outbreak going on at work. And during the holidays, and you've worked in church, you know, more people die at this time of year. So I was with a woman that I've really, really enjoyed, and I've liked her for a number of years, but she's dying, and I anoint her, and we have such good conversations. And she said to me, I'm ready. I'm ready for what's next. I don't really buy into the whole thing about the description in the Bible and the golden streets and the angels and everything, but I do buy into the reality that God is waiting for me. If God can come to me as a baby in a manger, he'll be on the other side of the door waiting for me to tell me that the whole human experience is a blessed one. And I was like, there's some perspective that you can gain from people at that point of their life. Yeah, it was so good. And we really, I mean, we had a nice time together until she just ran out of energy, you know. And so when I left, I was very thankful for things like the incarnation to believe that, yeah, well, sure in the hell is not about us being perfect and, you know, and earning our way. But just being embraced in our humanity, being embraced in, in our lives and everything that we do, even in Christmas time, in the midst of this rush, rush world and our lives adopt this harried pace. And, and we give, we spend money more than we normally do. You know, we're going to Christmas parties this year with masks on, of course. But buying gifts to me has become sort of this embodied thing that I'm saying to somebody as I hand it to, I bought this with you in mind. I'm giving this to you because this I think you're going to really enjoy this, and you mean a lot to me. And Merry Christmas, right? And so the whole Celtic spirit of contemplation and, and just slowing down just increases my awareness. I'm not buying any gift certificates for anybody this year. That's just to me. That's part of the rush, rush world, you know? Okay, I'm going to go buy 20 gift certificates and put them in a card and get... No, I have been buying goofy but really meaningful kind of like i think this fits you you know so when you get that pink sweater with green polka dots on it in the mail you know i was thinking about you <laughs> <laughs> i love that and christmas gift giving is it's a tricky thing because there's this cultural expectation that you buy a bunch of gifts and you fill up the space underneath your christmas tree but it's so much more meaningful if there's less gifts, but if each of those gifts actually means something. We were in a conversation, you know, both of my kids are now teenagers, one's out of the house, and we were all talking about what we wanted Christmas to look like this year. And the space that we all landed on is that none of us really had anything that we desired as far as a physical thing. And so we actually decided, what if we just spent a couple of days and go on a, an adventure. And so we're going to go down to Chicago and go to a show and stay in a fancy hotel. And Ooh, because nice. that, yeah, because that's something that we will take with us forever. Whereas right. whatever I would buy you, if I would buy you a new computer, you know, iPods or whatever the heck they might want, that'll come and go. And you won't even remember, you know, 10 years down the line, you won't remember what I bought you physically for Christmas, but no. I think we'll always remember 
ice skating under the lights of the city or going to a show or having dinner at a fancy hotel or just having that time spent with one another. And your story about the meaningful gifts connected to the Celtic tradition also reminds me of a time when my family, and this was when I was an adult, but it was before I had children. My parents said, hey, why don't we do a a homemade Christmas this year? And all of us had to consider what is it that we can physically make that we can give to one another that we think would be meaningful. And it was so special because you had to really think about what can I do and what would you like? And then you had to spend a fair amount of time putting it together. And still to this day, it was probably one of the most meaningful Christmases I ever had. Not because what I got, I don't still have what was gifted to me, but the amount of time and effort and energy and just the the true surprise of wondering what each other got for each other was was really special. Wow. I love that. I just so love that. You know, I sometimes I just anthropomorphize my whole thing about God. I just get, almost get to be like a child. And when you were saying all that, I was thinking, I wonder if that's what was going through God's mind. You know, I, I'm going to send Jesus. I can't think of a better gift than to show them how much I love these people than just to come as one of them hmm. and say, you all are all right. And here I am as one of you. And now we're bonded together forever. And it's also such a great reminder about the thing that universally we all say we love about the holidays and we love about Christmas, which is each other's presence. So often throughout the year, we don't get that great family time where there's not a bunch of distractions. But this is one of those few times in the year where, sure, we all take our roles in the house, but we just spend some meaningful time with one another. And I think one of the best parts about Christmas Day is after the presents are opened and you've got nothing to do. I do, too. The gift of time. Maybe that's what the original Christmas part of what was trying to tell us. I'm giving you the gift of time. As you know, we lost a daughter about a year ago. and We were all trying to figure out what are we going to do on the 12th and what are we going to do for Christmas? And finally, my granddaughter said, Let, let's get real. My mom would say, if you're going to remember me, order pizza have some beer, share some stories, celebrate the gift of time together. I'm like, yeah, that's about as spiritual and religious as I can think of being during this season. And we shouldn't be so short-sighted and our memory shouldn't be so short that we forget that just last Christmas, most of us could not be together. Exactly. And over the last two years, it's been very challenging just to be in one another's presence. And so let's not forget how difficult that was. And if we don't forget that, then I hope that as we come into this holiday season, we can cherish it even more. Yeah, all this embodied love and being together. The coming of Jesus really is such a gift. If you want to support Celtic Way, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, give it a five-star rating, and write a review. And if you'd like to become a sustainable member or learn more about Celtic Way, go to CelticWay.org. Find us on Facebook at Celtic Way.